So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. What's going on, everybody? This is Dr. Chris Featherstone here for yet another episode of Unscripted. Listen, it is Tuesday night. You know what that means. I have some of the biggest, the baddest, the best wrestlers of today and yesteryear, and tonight's no different. You know why tonight's no different? Because this guy, uh, you know, I've interviewed probably, oh, goodness, man. Oh, I don't know, probably three, 400 wrestlers. Uh, I think I'm at like, 16 WWE Hall of Famers now within my career at careers at uh, of course uh, Sports Kita and uh, and uh, Sports Illustrated. I've, I've been a columnist there. I've been a columnist at Fox Sports. I was a feature columnist at Bleach Report and um, a lot of other places. Digital Spy, you know, you name it. Uh, I've been in this journalism game for a long time, and I've interviewed a lot of wrestlers. And uh, there's there's a few people. There's there's probably about. Mm, I keep contact with a lot. There's probably about a good solid seven or eight people that is like a hot tag ready to just be there and and support the stuff that I have and I've built a good relationship with. This person's one of them. And I uh, gave, gave him a call a few weeks ago. Uh, he called back. He said, what's going on? He said, Chris Featherstone, actually, when, he, uh, when, when I answered the phone. He said, what's going on? He was actually training. Duh, that's something that he does all the time. He's trained the best. He was training, and uh, uh, he was willing to come on the show uh, tonight. And uh, he's I've interviewed him many times and he's always have a wealth of information to share. And I'm looking forward to what he has to share tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, he is former WWE tag team champion. I know that he's he's had some singles runs in Continental Wrestling Federation. He has also had some singles runs in the USWA. But, you know, when you think of this guy, you think of the heavenly bodies and the body donors, ladies and gentlemen. He is the doctor. Tom Pritchard, how are you tonight, my man? Uh, good to see you, Chris. Good to talk to you again. And uh, you, uh, you too are a doctor, I see. So very good, man. It's, once a, again, yeah. I'm a shoot doctor. Yes, I am. I'm a, well, who's doctor. who's to say I'm not a shoot doctor? Uh, well, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Last time, last time I talked to you. So I oh, you mean you already know? I'm sorry. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to think, shoot, but work around here. Yes, so yeah, good deal. All right, I wanted to try that one with you then. That's good. <laughs> Look at a miss, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's okay. It's the story of my life. <laughs> well, uh, before we get into these questions, man, um, what do you got going on? Uh, what, what, what is new? And I know that you're training. And uh, uh, you yeah, know, it's, it's interesting. Before you before you plug away, which I definitely want you to do, I was listening. I was I'm, I'm good. I'm friends with Kurt Angle too, and uh, 
you know, I was listening. I was looking at the Kurt Angle doc, which is which is fantastic. And we've talked. You and I have talked before about the people you train, and it was cool to see you. Uh, you know, in part of that training videos, and you you were you know training Kurt Angle. That yeah, was pretty cool. Have you seen the doc yet? Yeah, yeah, I did see it. I saw it uh, actually. Actually, I saw it the uh, Sunday night when Ric Flair had his last match. I got back to the hotel. Sin Bo D and I went out to eat, and then I got back to the hotel and it was on. So I watch it. Yeah, they do a great job with that stuff, and it was cool seeing some of those pictures and uh, uh, some of the training stuff that we shot back in the studio back in the day and. Uh, yeah, awesome, awesome documentaries, man. But uh, these days, and uh, right now, I just got back uh, about 20 minutes ago, actually, uh, from training. Uh, tonight is JPWA. This is our summer class. We're in week number seven, I believe. Yeah, this is seven. And we have uh, five more to go. And that'll be the end of the summer class. And I have one class left with 10 weeks uh, in the fall. It's jpwrestlingacademy.com. Uh, for all information, but yeah, we've been going now. This is our fourth year, which is uh, amazing because it's wrestling school and the climate. Uh, I mean, all through the pandemic, we didn't know what was going on, but people kept coming, and it's great. It's awesome. We do four sessions a year, so um, that's that's all I'm doing. It's a full time gig, and I'm happy to have it, man. Very very lucky. Very very uh, grateful to have it. Has there been yeah. any? Has there been any other uh, any graduates that we've seen on TV uh, in the past? Uh, Channing Lauren, uh, Ivy Nile is uh, got signed. They came from JPWA, and uh, a lot of our guys are doing independence around here. Some have gone to AEW, and uh, Kenzie Page and Ella Envy are the NWA Tag Team Champions. Kenzie came to train with us. Uh, she was in the first class. Her sister Kylie came to train with us just this past year too. So. Uh, we've been very fortunate to get some of our guys out there and a lot of talents come through who who was able to to learn and listen and pay attention. And, and the way you really learn this is on the road anyway. So I can just give you the basics. I can give you uh, that, that stream that you can drink from, but I can't force your head down into it. You've got to actually drink, man. you actually got to want to do it. So, yeah, yeah we've had a few people go out, not, not just here, but uh, other places to get opportunities. So we've been very lucky. That's fantastic. So for those who don't know what the JP means in JPWA, that's Jacobs Pritchard, right? Yes, Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy. And the Jacobs stands for Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, a.k.a. the Knox County Mayor again. He just got reelected. So, uh, yeah, it, it, we've been very fortunate to be on a roll and keep going. Very nice, very nice. All right, Lee, ready to dive into these questions, my man? Nah, I'm always ready, man. All right, Rorito's asking, what were your original thoughts when you trained Shane, The, the Rock, and Kurt? Uh, did you think they'd become stars? Uh, that's question number one. And number two, And what were your original thoughts when they pitched you the idea of the Zip character? Well, let me just address that first. I hated it and said, no, absolutely not. And then they said, okay, great, and just hung up on me. So then I realized, oh, it's only hair, and uh, I love Chris Candido, but I knew uh, what was going on there, and it just wasn't. Never liked it, never got into it, and that's on me. You know, when I was handed something, I didn't make the most of it, but uh, it didn't really resonate with me, and I didn't feel it, and I knew where it was at. <laughs> it was at that time of life. It was at that period of uh, whatever we were going through, and uh, it wound up the way it wound up. But as far as training Rock, Kane, uh, Kurt, and uh, Shane, 
uh, yeah, how could you not know they were stars? They, they had that it factor and they were just extraordinary in their training. Could, could, you, could you ever tell me that they would be uh, one of the biggest stars ever and, and then the other guys would, would achieve as much success? I don't think anybody could have told us that. But, but it's always good to see, uh, even if you had just that much to do with it, uh, to watch a guy like The Rock do what he did and go from just wrestling to this mega, mega globally known superstar. So, yeah, you knew they'd become something special. I knew they'd become something special. Yeah. With, yeah. with the Shane, I'm interested in, uh, in Shane McMahon as far as training him. Now, you know, Shane was, you know, he, he was a, a a part-time wrestler, but every time he wrestled, it, he meant something. He had, he had a, he, you know, he put something to it. He put some stank on it as far as some, some memory to it. What caused him to want to get into the ring and and have these matches with like Tess and Blackman and you know Paul White and things like that? Uh, he's got a passion for it. I would say he's insane and he's crazy, but we're all insane and crazy. He had a passion for it. He had a passion. He didn't want to just go out there and have a match. He wanted to try the the um, Van Daminator and he wanted to try all these things. He he wanted to steal the show. And he had the opportunity, so he was going to go out there and do it. It was just in his heart. It was in his head. And uh, that's, that's what separates the great ones from the good ones. They, they, don't, they don't know what uh, moderation is. <laughs> they, have to, they have to go out, and, and they're not just going to be a match on the card. They're going to steal the show. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's the drive they have. So who was against? I heard Vince was. Who was against the spot, the King of the Ring spot, the the belly to belly uh, through the through the glass? Who who was against that? I I'm not really sure who was against that. I I, I don't know if anybody was against it. Maybe uh, look, I know for a fact that uh, people can say to somebody like a Mick Foley or an Undertaker or, or even a Shane. Don't do it; it's too dangerous, and uh, and they'll go, okay, you're right, and then go out and do it anyway. So it, whether the, anybody was against it or not, I think deep in their heart they knew uh, there was nothing they could do to stop it if Shane wanted to do it. Same thing with Mick Foley. I think the nobody really knew. I, I, I think there was a rumor about he wanted to take a bump off the cage when when the uh, hell in a cell took place with Taker, and people said, no, 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 don't. It's way too dangerous, and he went. You're right. Okay, and then he went on and did it anyway. So, yeah, yeah, people like that, you can't stop, no matter what. <laughs> you really can't try. Try as you may, it's not going to work. Yeah, I mean, case in point. I mean, the first bump that Shane took, you know, with that belly to belly, the, the glass didn't break, and he took a big thud, you know, down to the uh, to the ground, you know, and, and basically just almost shattered his head. He said, okay, well, yeah, we're going to break this glass, do it again. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. They, because that was the moment. It wasn't just taking there and bouncing off. It had to break. It, that yeah. was the moment. So, uh, And Shane lives, was living for the moment, and he, he, again, he was in that right spot. Yep, yep. Guillermo's asking, uh, how was working uh, with, in your opinion, on the WWE show Bite This? I had a lot of fun on Bite This with Kevin Kelly and uh, a, lot of, a lot of the guys – who were in the uh, dot-com division, I think it was the second floor back then. Had a lot of fun, man. I, I, I had an office at that time in Titan Towers, and I would come down the second floor, and we'd do the show and uh, hang out and talk. and It was a lot of fun. It really was. Nice. 
Yeah. Uh, Aaron is asking, what are your memories or stories of working with Stan Lane, sweet Stan Lane, and Jimmy Del Rey, Juggalo, Jimmy Del Rey as the heavenly bodies? I had, man, I had a lot of fun with both guys too. Stan was was Stan, and Stan had already been uh, uh, been through that pioneering stage, and he already been through the the travels, and he was coming from North Carolina to Knoxville, which is a pretty good haul for for Smoky Mountain, and he'd already he had been to bigger and better, <laughs> and and he was getting on with uh, uh, with his career. You know what I mean? Because as you get older. And, and you're trying to redo what you already did. I don't think it held the same uh, appeal to him. And Jimmy Del Rey, I think, was it, this was really one of the first breaks he got. He was excited. He was enthusiastic. And a uh, hell of a worker in the ring. Uh, so I had, a, I had a good time. Both guys really did. Yeah. Uh, King of uh, Hueso Mundo is asking, uh, what, what are your thoughts on Ric Flair's last match and Ric Flair being dehydrated due to his drinking? Uh, those he needs to take it easy. Those he need to take it. Well, okay, I again, I uh, nobody wanted to see Rick get hurt. Nobody wanted to see, uh, <laughs> see that unfold before our eyes. But at the same time, um, and I thought about it back and forth too. I, I had I was on the fence, and I didn't know which way to really. I didn't know how to feel about it in the beginning, uh, because Rick had been through so much personally and professionally, and and then then I got to thinking, uh, who else could do this but Ric Flair, and who else could uh, right, wrong, indifferent, good, bad, or whatever you want to call it. Um, for those of us who have done this our whole life, or watched wrestling our whole life, and had a passion, have a passion for it, uh, here's Ric Flair. There's, there's, there is only one Ric Flair. When Buddy Rogers was there, he was a nature boy. But, but Buddy's gone, and Rick picked up the, uh, the legacy. And I, I really felt that if that's the way Rick wants to go out, more power to him. Uh, Seventy-four years old, seventy-three years old. I don't know that I, I know I couldn't do it, but I'm not Ric Flair, so I, I have no problem with it. It, I, Rick wants to die in the ring, he'd prefer that. So you have to. I, I've come to the conclusion, especially uh, after all the things we've all been through these last few years, do what's going to make you happy, and and you can't please everybody, so you might as well please yourself. Is there ever is there ever a time in a pro wrestler's life where his legacy or her legacy becomes tarnished because he or she have overstayed their welcome? Um, yeah, yeah, and and I'm sure a lot of people feel that way about Rick. I'm sure that people feel a lot of, about that way about a lot of guys who stayed too long. Luthez wrestling into his late seventies. Uh, the Sheik. Kevin Sullivan and I used to used to say, or Kevin used to say, I want to I want to be wrestling when I'm 65 like the Sheik, you know, Ed Farhat. I thought, no, no, but Ricky Morton is going to be 66 this year, yeah. and he's still going out wrestling and doing yeah. that stuff, man, because he has a, he looks great. Yeah. Uh, Ricky is one of the best baby faces ever in this business, right. and and he knew how to elicit emotion and get that passion and drama and feeling into it. That's talent, but you know. Uh, you you have to have that that passion. Maybe some people have overstayed their welcome, but 
when I look at guys like Ricky who go out there and still do Canadian destroyers and still do things, and I'm thinking, my God, man, yeah. you're taking a chance here because some of the young guys don't know, and some of the old guys may not remember how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I really think that's an individual choice, and people are going to feel the way they feel about it. Elvis is asking, uh, who, is, who is your favorite wrestler from the Golden Era and the Attitude Era, and why? Well, which part was the Golden Era? I imagine 80s. Oh, okay. Well, uh, gosh, Terry Funk was my favorite from when I first started, and Terry Funk remained my favorite. But I've had favorites. I, I don't know if uh, the Attitude Era, uh, I'd have to say Austin, definitely, because he was a guy... And I knew Steve when he first broke in. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy who they didn't see it, except he saw it. Mm-hmm. He knew it. So you got to admire him. And I knew where he came from. And he's, he's, he's a redneck from Texas who likes to drink beer. And, you know, he had long, blonde, stringy hair. And he had the biker shorts and an imitation Ric Flair robe. That wasn't Steve. That wasn't Steve. He wasn't stunning Steve. He was always stone cold. He just had to find that. So he's definitely one of the guys I, I really enjoyed watching and respecting a lot. Nice. Uh, Mike is asking, do you think Ahmed Johnson should have had a bigger spot in the WWE? Um, well, I, I don't know that he didn't have a pretty good spot when he first came in. Uh, but as I've talked, Intercontinental Champion, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's not a bad gig. So he he also had to understand. I think as everybody finds out one way or another, I found out the hard way. Uh, it's not necessarily what we do in the ring that matters. It it really is, you know, what you do backstage. Um, how are you? In, how are you perceived? How are you interpreted? What kind of vibes are you sending out? So I thought he got a pretty good opportunity and pretty pretty good spot, but. Then you find out he didn't like the way things were running uh, creatively in the back. Did he have ideas? I don't know. I liked Ahmed. I got along with Ahmed. I traveled with Ahmed a couple times. But uh, attitude, I think, means everything. It really does. Yeah, that's true. I I remember watching back then as a fan, and uh, to me it was just a big derail when he became heel. I just I wasn't a big I wasn't a fan of it. I know that he got injured and things like that. And, uh, then they throw throw him in the uh, an angle with Ch- Taker and then uh, the the nation gimmick and you know joining the nation. It was just it, it kind of was all over the place at that time. I think he was a steady baby face and he was just kind of being shot to the moon, which I loved at that time. But, right. You know, working working at that. What were your thoughts on that as far as Ahmed's? career uh, after after that turning heel? Well, I, uh, once again, um, from my perspective, and, and only being around what I was around during that time, and, and hearing uh, the stories, it's a, it, it's a business, and you don't always get what you want, and you don't always get what you deserve, but you get what you negotiate, mm-hmm. and you get what you... Um, uh, manipulate and have people believe you're worth something more than what you probably might be worth. But it works. It's a two-way street. you got to work with the top guys, but the top guys got to want to work with you too. Mm-hmm. And if you have this attitude that everything is wrong 
and you should have a bigger push than you're getting instead of showing that you should have a bigger push than you're getting manipulating and understanding the work is backstage it's it's getting the guys who want to uh, do business with you go in and talk to the powers that be you know and until you have that gravitas you need those people to talk for you yeah. then it ain't gonna work and Ahmed I think had a different view of that and felt he might have been held, held down by people and might have been uh, dissed you know like when the rock came in and rock kind of took over well that was that was a no-brainer because if you saw the two and you watch the two coexist back in the back and you saw the difference in and the reality in the attitude and the talent mm -hmm. then you could see it but Ahmed I think as a lot of guys do think they were uh, more important mm -hmm. than they actually were at that time was was Tinker ever reluctant to work with him? I I really don't know. I don't know if he was or not. But I mean, uh, a lot of people hurt. It would get hurt. You know, uh, I know he hurt Chris one time. Uh, gosh, worked with Chris in San Antonio, if I remember correctly. And 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 it's one of those things. I don't think he did it intentionally. I think it's just an accident. But when those things happen all the time, or sometimes more times than not. So not really sometimes. You know, it adds up. And um, I don't know if anybody was, well, actually I do know some people probably were apprehensive and if Taker got wind that he, people were getting hurt, he might have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was just asking, uh, would you induct Brother Love into the Hall of Fame? You're, you're bro. Yeah. Well, I would, but, but I got news for you. I don't think I'm going to be asked to be anywhere near the Hall of Fame anytime soon. But, yeah, I'd love to, sure. Interesting. Why do you say that? Well, um, I think times are changing, and I think the people in charge don't really give a damn what I'm doing. Right now. Mm. That's why I say that. Interesting. Yeah. You, you left. You got released in what? Oh, four? No, I got. Well, yeah, I got. I think I got released in 04. You know, came back in 07, got released in 12. You were uh, working for FCW, right? Correct. Yeah, right before the NXT launch there yeah yeah and and there were there were changes being made uh and we'd been there for a while um and uh i can't i can't explain why i was the way i was but my uh bedside manner isn't always the best and i understood that but i i've never been a really good uh, office or corporate guy um, I've accepted that I, for a long time. I tried to, to mold myself into that, but you know what, man? It's 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 a round peg in a square hole, or a square peg in a round hole, whatever you want to call it. It just it wasn't um, it wasn't a comfort thing with me. It wasn't a good fit. I don't think. At least they didn't think so. I thought I was I was okay doing what I was doing, but uh, it goes back to people want you to be. If they want you to be there, you'll be there. If they don't, you won't. So, or did they feel you were too opinionated or spoke up too much? I mean, what was it that caused a rift? Um, I'm not really sure. I don't know if it was because I uh, wasn't playing gotcha down in FCW. If somebody had an issue that I thought we could take care of in FCW, I would take care of it in FCW. I wouldn't have to call the office and say, hey, guess what? We got this problem down here. So I would handle problems... Um, 
in FCW or issues in FCW. And I, I don't know if that was necessarily the only reason, but also when you had people, this was another thing, you had people who would come from the tennis industry or the volleyball industry mm. who knew nothing about wrestling or sports entertainment or WWE, but yet now they have this position of power and they're going to come into FCW and tell us what they're going to do and talk to the guys like um, these guys were beneath them. And uh, I always felt, especially anybody coming to developmental, you're, you're earning and you're paying your dues while you're there and, and you have to have some sort of empathy and understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, and the, the last guy who came in and, and the lady who came in who, who had this idea because either I could be opinionated or I was more thinking about how the boys were feeling, what they were going through, understanding. I wasn't treating people... Um, Equally, I was treating people fairly in my mind, and there's a difference because uh, this guy may not <sighs> may not have the opportunity to go to the gym because nobody wants to give him a ride. So why? I want to find out why. I don't want to get this guy a ride. I want to get this guy in the mix. I want to. I, I need him to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I'm going to handle that here on FCW. What can the people in Stanford do? Well, they can talk to him on the phone. But I think if I can handle it, I'm listening. I'm, I'm keeping less problems they have to deal with. Mm -hmm. That's how I looked at it. But maybe they didn't. And plus, you have your people you want with the new administration. And when I, when the new administration came in, it was already in place that, that Bill DeMott was, was going to take over. But nobody said that up front. We found out uh, FCW was going to go to Orlando on the Internet. And when I called somebody the next day they said oh no 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 that's I don't know what that's that's about that's not true that's not happening you have nothing to worry about and a week later of course they came down and released me so I get it that's what it is so 10 years later is there, is there ever a chance uh, being being away from the WWE for 10 years could you do you think they bring you back as a culture at all well, it's like dumb and dumber. So you say there's a chance, you know, like the one in a million. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I think they have their system in place. I think they know that I had my system in place. Um, I, I, I don't really believe that's going to happen, and I'm okay with that. Trust me, I enjoy having my own school, well, our own school. I enjoy going and doing what I want to do. Um, I, I've, we've had results. Again, we've had... Uh, at least two people signed with WWE. We've had one with the NWA. Uh, we've had people all around the independents going up and down around the country and, and Florida and, and up in the Carolinas, Chicago and, and all around. So <clears throat> as long as uh, we're getting results and we're getting students, that that's great. Uh, it, it'd be great to go back and, and make the same money and have the same... Uh, opportunities that we had back then but the world's kind of changed and, and NXT is different in the sense that it's on a national TV show now you get to see it everybody gets to see it and it kind of ruins the mystery when they were debut on the main roster yeah. my opinion and we we kept it separate in Florida you had a local sports channel it was run FCW and it was more or less tucked away until you needed them and I think everybody was sent out for the most part did a heck of a job on the main roster Look at Roman Reigns. Look at Seth Rollins. 
So they came from FCW. They didn't come from NXT. Good point. Yeah. Um, let's see a few more here before we close up. Philip is asking, "What's your favorite match as one of one half of the Heavenly Bodies?" Uh, well, I probably have two. Any match with the Rock and Roll Express, I think the Steiners and SummerSlam because that was a uh, a pretty good. Uh, a pretty good way to debut on a pay-per-view. Nobody really knew who we were, but we came out, and I thought we had a pretty solid match, thanks to Rick and Scott. Yeah. yeah. Who came out with the baby blue gear? Baby blue? Oh, the, the body donuts? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Guy, <laughs> I have no idea. I just knew that's what Chris and Tammy uh, were wearing when we got there, and I thought, oh, gosh, please no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, I've tried to block that out of my life so many times. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I, I remember I remember you in the Heavenly Bodies because I did follow Smoky Mountain back in the day. And I was like, yeah, I remember Tom Pritchard. I remember Dr. Tom Pritchard. And then I saw yeah. Zip with the baby blue. And I said, huh. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And I went, huh. <laughs> this is it, right? Yeah, you're going to smile. You're going to do... Jumping jacks, uh, what else, man? And I, and I thought, and I knew better. I really did. It's, it's not the direction you're giving us the direction to take, I think. And uh, I wasn't taking direction because I was in a, I had blinders on and I, was, I wasn't I was going to listen. And finally I just said I've got to be good because I was bad before. And uh, so. At least you got a tag title out of it. So, you know, if there's some, something. I, I, I think that maybe. $25 would buy me a cup at Starbucks. I don't know. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Mike is asking, uh, thoughts on the new era of WWE with Triple H? Uh, I So far, it's so, so good. I hope they do great. I really mean that. Uh, Hunter's an old school guy. I have no animosity towards anybody. I really don't. I'm, it was, you don't know what it's like until you, until you go and then you, you get out and you miss it and then you go, I get it. Uh, you're, you're supposed to do what you do, and then it's it's business and it's corporate. But I think Triple H, um, I hope, I've heard that they've already used terms like wrestling and wrestlers and things like that. So they're making, and belts again. So he's, he's making these changes slowly but surely. It's only been, what, two weeks, one week, whatever it has. And he's, I, he's a smart guy. He loves the business. He knows the business. Uh, I just don't think the hours will be as insane as they were before. Yeah, because I heard him say somewhere where he goes, he discovered this thing called sleep, mm -hmm. and everybody needs it. And he's been having, he's had health problems earlier, yeah, I mean, so he I think he died from uh, heart problems. So he really don't have much of a choice. He doesn't want to stress himself out. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's he's going to be fine with it, and uh, he's got good people still around him, and. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what they do. I think it's going to be great. Nice, nice. All right, lightning round. A couple more real quick. Uh, question, what, is he, what do you think of CM Punk leaving WWE and his high point in the company then returning to AEW and his run to become champion? I think it's great. After seven years of, of not being on TV, he came back and made a hell of a uh, debut. Made an impact, uh, so I think it's great. Uh, he, he's obviously a lot more satisfied and, and happy with what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll close up with this one. King of King Sport is asking, "Is it true, Tom? You were going to be a real doctor, 
but you could not pass pharmaceuticals. That's not true. That is not true, whatever. I've passed the pharmaceuticals. I just spent too much time with the pharmacy. That was mm. it. Yeah, problems mm. happens. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. Hey, try the meal. Tip your waiters and waitresses, please. It's not true. All right, my man. Let, yeah. let, let, know. let them know what we yeah. Hey, well, listen. Uh, you can go to jpwrestlingacademy.com. Uh, click on the training page. Uh, you've got a chance. You can buy my book. Um, it's a it's a curriculum. Gives you some suggestions and ideas for a pro. You're just starting out. Whatever. It's a little little uh, guideline, so to speak. But uh, it also tells you when we're training next. And our next session is going to be October 3rd through December 9th. It's 10 weeks. That's our fall session. So we're taking applications right now as we speak. Just go to jpwrestlingacademy.com. Give you all the information right there. Thank you so much. Excellent. 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 My man. It's always a pleasure, Tom, man. It's, it, it, you know, it's always something to talk yes. about. Yes. Talk so. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for having me back, Chris. I appreciate it. Likewise, man. Have a good night, my man. You too. All right, bye-bye.